What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Look Podcast. This is your host, Jay Hayes, and you're listening to episode eight. I am so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you decided to continue to listen to this podcast. The support means so much. How are you? How is everything going on with you? I hope you're staying focused. I hope this year has been treating you well. I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like life is moving very um, peculiar right now. It feels like everything's moving so fast, but it also feels like everything's moving it's slow. But I'm actually learning to be okay with how slow it may feel because that's actually really good. Because if life moves fast, that's just that's boring. And then you know it happens in the blink of an eye, and that's that spiritually that's true. But you know we definitely need to make every day count. Like the great Muhammad Ali said, it's not about counting the days, but it's about making the days count. So. We're in part two of a series I'm doing right now dedicated to Black History Month. It's just a couple of episodes where I get to have conversations with some people, some friends of mine, people who have been very outspoken and been very vocal about what's been happening, especially with the tension that had gone on um, last year in regards to all the different um you know, unjust killings of African Americans. And we can go on and on and on about the list of those people. Um, rest in peace, rest in power to all those people and all the and everyone who has been affected by it. And that means us as well. So we talk about and we're going to keep talking about everything regarding race, everything regarding inspiration, of course, because we can't just focus on just the negative. We want to focus on the positive as well. The things that inspire us, the things that we all have learned from black from black culture and what black culture has contributed to America and to the world. And um, yeah, so we're going to keep doing that for a couple of episodes. This is part two. Part three will be coming soon. But um, I just wanted to take some time to dedicate and celebrate Black History Month because for me personally, I have been doing a little bit more soul searching and a little bit more digging into who I am as an African-American and what has come out of that has been just amazing and 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 has been super humbling as well. And I can say that I am definitely proud to be black. I'm proud to be an African-American. I'm proud to be a black American. I'm proud to be an African-American man. I'm proud to be an African-American artist, African-American all over the place. But I'm super, super humbled. And I'm so glad that, you know, God chose this skin tone to be my skin tone, to be my skin color. And I know, obviously, it's not always about skin. It's not, I mean, it's not always about color. But unfortunately, it's a, it's definitely a uh, on and off thing where we focus, we have to focus and look at the color. We have to look at the culture of the people that, that uh, represent that color. But we also need to look at who we are, not just as black people, but who we are as human beings. So... This episode is going to talk a little bit more about race and systemic oppression. And regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, whether if you're far left, whether if you're far right, it doesn't matter. We all can collectively agree that racism is real. White supremacy is real. Police brutality is real. Uh, um, systemic racism. Some people don't necessarily believe in it. Other people do. But it's really important that we talk about these issues and what's going on in the world today and what has been going on for so long that segregation and the media and any uh, any other powers that be have tried to um, 
neglect and try to even, you know, keep one side from we keep one side ignorant as they continue to do what they decide, what they've wanted to do to people of color. That's a lot. And I don't want to get too much in that because I want to I want to leave some space and some room for my guest today. He is a Oklahoma native and his name is Pearson Bell. He is one of my friends. We have talked um, um, over the course of, of a year. I started watching Pearson talk about race and um, and police brutality. He even did some digging in, into the, the history of African-Americans and our whitewashed history because our history is, is 100% whitewashed if you just pay attention and see how systemic racism, racism has infiltrated itself into every every issue. So we talk more, not necessarily about the entire, uh, the entire uh, bubble of what systemic racism is. Pearson sits down and he talks about his story and his firsthand experience of what he's seen in police brutality and in just oppression period when it comes to people of color. And he has a very unique story about that, that you'll get to hear in a few minutes. He's a really cool dude. I love him. He's a worship leader. He is also a he's he has a really he has a really cool sleeve. If you ever see the tattoo, <laughs> it's really dope. He's got super long red hair. He's one of the coolest people that I have met. Um, and honestly, guys, this is probably one of my favorite um, recordings that I have done with. Um, and I've done I've done a lot in the last couple of months. Even though this episode is still fairly or this show is still fairly new. Um, he definitely um, shared a lot of stuff that I, I didn't even know um, because we follow each other on social media, but we haven't really, you know, we and we met uh, once, but we never really like, you know, spent time together. Um, so we got to do that today, along with having a conversation about stuff like this. So I want to leave it. I want to give the floor to him. And he gets to talk about his story and share some light about what he has experienced um, in the black community and what he, what has inspired him and what he's actually doing right now to fight it and to speak up about it. And I'll leave that to him because it's really cool and you'll get to hear it. This is Pearson Bell on the Solo Podcast. My Anytime I talk about like racial justice and issues on that topic, I always go back to the story from when I was in high school. Mm. Um, I like grew up in a pretty like predominantly white um, town. There were very few people of color, minoritized people in my high school. So I was just surrounded by people that looked like me. Mm. Um, but in, it was my senior year of high school. Yeah. Me um, and my buddy were driving. And at the time I was not doing, making some great decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, smoking drinking a lot just like all that jazz mm -hmm. um and my friend uh is a person of color and we were driving down the street one day and we got pulled over mm -hmm. and i was the one driving but he was the one that got pulled out of the car wow um and they asked me questions they ended up handcuffing him and putting him in the back of the cop car mm -hmm. he didn't say anything he didn't fight he didn't do anything to cause them Mm -hmm. or give them like reasonable suspicion besides the color of his skin. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, he, uh, we like got out of that situation. 
um, without like any repercussions, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he ended up going to jail a few weeks later for um, something that had happened a few years prior to this. Okay. Um, and I went to his hearing, and one of the things the judges said to him was, hopefully, um, this will be a lesson for your people. Wow. Uh, and it was just those two like events just like shocked me so much and like mm. shook me to the core that I was like, something like something is wrong here and something needs to change. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like what started my journey on like educating myself on mm-hmm. uh, racial issues, on uh, racial justice, re- reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when everything happened last year with Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, I just, I couldn't like stay quiet about it anymore. Like I, yeah, yeah. I felt like I couldn't hold it in anymore. So I just had to speak up, speak mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Uh, on behalf of my brothers and sisters of color. And yeah. just it like, Obviously, I am not experiencing any of that. I'm not going through that. I have a lot of privilege, mm-hmm. but it still like shook me and hurt me deeply. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, one thing I, I was watching um, yesterday, um, 13th on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, I was watching that again because I watched it. I watched it, you know, in the in the in the awakening that had happened that you were talking about and what was so interesting was that when they were talking about segregation, what it did was, I'm sorry, it's not 13th. It was, um, I am not your Negro on, um, on Netflix, which is also really good. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. It's really good. Yeah. I think you'll love it. It's, it's a little bit more, um, more raw than uh, 13th because 13th talks more about, you know, systemic racism in the prison system and prison reform. But anyway, but um, James Baldwin, who is the author of the, the unfinished book, which is which um, the Netflix special is about, he talks about how segregation did exactly what you are experiencing right now, which is your you know segregation put a wall up from the white community and the black community. So the white community didn't really know what was going on in the black community, and the black community didn't necessarily know what was going on in the white community. It separated these these two groups and communities. So the problem with with that and how how it has generationally affected all of us is that you know we have you know white people who look at you know stuff that's going on with people of color and either they don't believe it exists they're not educated on it they don't or they don't necessarily understand and that's so that's what was the evil of segregation so for you you know it does affect you because you know, it, we, I don't know why we have a, we have an issue with that. We think it's just one particular group. It, it's, it, if it affects one group of people, it affects all of us, mm-hmm. you know? So I didn't know that story actually, when, you know, I saw that you had posted and that you were just very vocal, especially for, you know, where you are, you know, geographically and then who you are, you know, as a, a white Christian male, like I didn't, you know, I was very like, it, it something in me just felt very like relieved because I saw like we were actually being heard by someone who is not, who, who would be told the other, you know, told uh, the opposite of what's actually going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I. Um, it's interesting that you brought up like geography because yeah, mm-hmm. I'm um, in the middle, like the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah, central of conservative America. Mm-hmm. Um, so like growing up, we didn't learn a whole lot about like segregation or like true racism or systemic racism. We just mm-hmm. learned the whitewash history that they fed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like experiencing the things that I experienced like in high school and now in college, it's just like the shock of like, why, why hasn't this been talked about? Why hasn't this been brought up? Yeah. Um, like, is it the same across America or is it mm-hmm. just because I'm in the South? Like what? Mm-hmm what's the issue here? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it it is, the South has a lot to do with it. Um, Just because that was where a lot of the, spiritually speaking, that's where a lot of the racial tension was, is embedded in the South. Um, But also, you know, I I feel like it, that's just the evils of what, you know, was what, what is actually happening is that people don't understand or they don't see what's going on. And yeah, so we talk about that a little bit more. Like you, you know, I know you're in Oklahoma. I think a few of your friends followed me on on Instagram. So, yeah. like, so they're all like, so they all are like, you guys are all in Oklahoma. But how is it, you know, knowing knowing who you are spiritually, and then knowing who you are just as a person, because you're not just, a, you know, you're not just, you know, going with the flow. I can tell just by who you are, and you're, you know, and the way you, the way you, just the way you are, the way your demeanor, the way you dress, the way you act, the way you communicate. You are definitely <laughs> somebody that is. You're, you're definitely unconventional in a very conventional uh, part of the United States. So, you yeah. know, so in your understanding and your and your insight goes, you know, farther than you know just where you are. So, talk about that. Like, you know, how is it? How is it being? You know being white, being in Oklahoma and having the amount of education and awareness and the, um, I guess the burden for people of color. How how does that feel? Mm -hmm. It's, it's honestly really hard being in Oklahoma with everything that's going on because Mm -hmm. so many people are choosing ignorance in this. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, there's a difference between like growing up and being ignorant, which is what, how I grew up mm-hmm. and continually choosing to remain ignorant mm-hmm. about wow. this, which is one of the biggest issues I see here. Like, um, in like, even with some of my classmates here, mm-hmm. like, it's just this, you have all this information in front of you. You have these voices that are like screaming and pleading to be heard, to be cared mm-hmm. for. And you're turning the other way because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And like in my classes in psychology, that's helped me like show, like understand a little bit about what's going on. Like Mm -hmm. this, like these biases that are drilled into our minds from Mm -hmm. like birth, from growing up. And I still like, I still have biases that I haven't like Mm -hmm. even realized yet. Probably. Yeah. We all, Uh, we all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just this like, um, battle between this knowledge that you've like grown up with, or this like knowledge and information that you've been taught growing up and this, um, this people that is screaming and saying like, this is wrong. This is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's been interesting walking the line of grace and justice in this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because on the one side you want to show grace to people who haven't had the opportunity to grow yet Mm -hmm. you also want to like have a strong fist and show like justice Mm -hmm. like this like i'm not going to allow you to persecute to hurt Mm -hmm. my brother or sister anymore like this isn't okay have you felt um have you felt frustrated in a way with where you are yeah definitely wow um one of my one of my best friends um Mm -hmm. is black and over the summer with um i think it was right after george floyd was executed Mm -hmm. um his one of his friends from football was like tweeting all this crap about like not just buying into what the media is saying Mm -hmm. and yada 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 and my buddy texted him and was like hey like, I just want you to know that as your friend, like, this is hurting me. Like, mm-hmm. seeing you respond to this in such a way is, like, it's hurting me. Mm-hmm. And if, like, you choosing to ignore how I'm being oppressed and persecuted, like, that yeah, yeah, shows your true friendship and your true colors. And mm-hmm. his response to that was just, like just fact check everything like you're you don't yeah. really know like this like mm-hmm. assumption that he was uh misinterpreting his oppression or mm-hmm. uh just like didn't know what oppression really was yeah it's just like that's like this response that is so often uh, and so quickly given yeah especially here in the south is like oh you don't know mm-hmm. like you don't know mm-hmm. what your person what you're like going through yeah it's like how are we as white people going to stand here and tell people of color that they're not being persecuted, that they're not mm-hmm. being hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, we have no right to do that. My name is DeAndre Wilson, and to me, Black History Month is a time of reverence and a time of reckoning. It's a time when not only African Americans, but for Americans as a whole, to sit down, take a time out, and finally acknowledge what our ancestors before us have gone through. It's a time to celebrate, rejoice, and be thankful for all the sacrifices that they have made and all the lives that were given. It's a time where we can be reminded about what it truly means to be an African-American. Black history isn't just about the bad times. We have to remember that slavery interrupted African history. It's about integrity, leadership, true character, and determination. That's what Black History Month means to me. And I was actually talking to, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday and we were talking about, um, and he sent, he sent me a link about this conversation right here. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people um, who are black and also who are non-black who 
who have these, you know, who come in with the posture of like, you know, we'll check the numbers and check the stats and statistics say this and statistics say that. And I get that. I completely understand that because, but statistics can be definitely altered. Numbers can be altered. You can't alter a human life the way you can alter a number. It's either you're here today or you're gone. You know, it's, it's, it's that simple. And what we all saw during the execution of George Floyd, and you're one, you're the one of the first people I've heard say it that way. I mean, not saying like it's you're supposed to be politically correct, but it was definitely an execution. It was not a, a regular traditional police stopping. It was, it was an absolute execution. So, you know, but I was talking to my friend and I was telling him, I said, you know, what we have to be careful with, and I wasn't just talking to him, but just in general, is that when we come to people with issues like these, it's the same. I use the same analogy as if, you know, a woman was told me that she was being sexually harassed in the workplace. You know, like, am I going to give her numbers and tell her, well, statistically, like, you know, you know, this, these what kind of women are more, you know, like that's, that's crazy, you yeah. know? And then also like, you know, when you talk about any other issue where you throw in like that stuff, what that does is, and I told him this, like, you know, just how, it, how it's making me feel because I'm, you know, we're friends that, in your attempts to, to debunk systemic racism, in your attempts to, and that's not necessarily what he's doing, but he's giving me, you know, stats and what stats and what numbers say, and I get all that. But understand that this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, and you're pulling on four hundred years of, you know, of of, of of generational oppression and trauma. So when you, so we have to be more sensitive. Not just not, and it's not just white people. I'm not just talking about white people. I'm talking about you know all of us. We have to be more yeah. sensitive because in our attempts to try to prove each other right or wrong, we invalidate how people feel, mm-hmm. and we validate the fact that there are people who are truly hurting out there. You know, and these in this issue here, you know, especially and also in the Hispanic community, we have issues like you know immigration and ICE and stuff like that. Like yeah. we have to be very sensitive to these things, and I think that a lot of times we we want to come off a certain way you know to prove what you know like you know that's just and that's where i'm at yeah no i've definitely i i definitely agree that's like people are so concerned with their like being right or Mm -hmm. being um educating one another that they don't take the time to hear one another yeah which is like kind of the human condition like whenever we have a conversation with people we're always thinking about what we're going to say in mm-hmm. response we're not ever paying mm-hmm. attention to like what the other person is saying what the other person is feeling yeah yeah uh, and that's like that's how this problem has gotten so big because people mm-hmm. haven't taken the time to truly listen and truly hear their brothers and sisters out yeah yeah Absolutely. So we just talked a few before we started recording and I did not know all the stuff that you were doing, you know, because we haven't talked like we we were kind of cool out in Reading for, you know, but we were, you know, we were, yeah. we were in our own like little social groups. Um, sure. So, you know, and I, and as we just talked just now in depth, I did not know that, you know, um, and I'll let you share it if you're comfortable sharing um, what you're doing and what your future plans are, which is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'm currently, um, in an undergraduate program, program for Mm -hmm. psychology, Mm -hmm. um, 
which this is my last semester of that and yeah. and to go on and get my master's in counseling mm-hmm. and eventually either open up my own practice or join with an organization like a nonprofit mm-hmm. um, and provide counseling services to people who are incarcerated or people like making the adjustment from incarceration mm. back into like society. Mm. Wow. And that, and honestly, that's so commendable because like I said, I thought you just played the guitar and you had long cool <laughs> hair, you know, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, and for me, um, that definitely is, it's really cool because I'm not looking at it. It's like, you know, Oh, on behalf of the black community, we appreciate that. No, it's, but it's like, you know, no, like, honestly, it, I feel like, you know, you're definitely one of those people that I see who's not just walking the walk, but you're talking the talk or vice versa. You're doing you're doing the work. You're educating yourself because there's even things that for me as a black man, I don't even know. You know, there's things that I need to educate myself on. I didn't know, you know, how you know, how the 13th, 13th Amendment has been has is being used. I, you know, I don't know how, you know, racism is or systemic racism has infiltrated itself in things like when I go to buy a house. When I started the business, you know, and then I didn't know that, you know, or I, or as I rewatched the um, 13th, that uh, that Netflix um, special, I did not know how the 13th Amendment was being used to, you know, incar- the more you incarcerate, you know, um, criminals are stripped of their voting rights. So there's another form of voter suppression right over there, you know, besides what's going on with, you know, the other issues with people who are not in jail. But, you know, so for you, what are you, what is your, with your heart and the way that you're, the way that you have this, this burden and this passion for, you know, to be, anti, you know, for anti-racism, how are you going to, you know, I guess, how are you going to move and, and maneuver when you become a, um, when you start your practice? Yeah. Um, I like, I have ideas of what it could look like, but mm-hmm. in reality, like, once I get done with my master's, it's going to look completely different from what I plan. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I know that like here in Oklahoma, we have some of the worst prison rates in all of America and all of the world even. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. We have the highest incarceration rate of women, mm. I think, in the world mm-hmm. and the highest incarceration rates in general in the United States, but wow. it might be flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and like looking at the stats, like there are definitely more like white people who are incarcerated than people of color, but mm-hmm. percentage per capita, it is like a gross, mm-hmm. gross mm-hmm. Um, miss, like misrepresentation because like yeah. they're so like, the percentage of um, people of color who are incarcerated compared to like the percentage of people of color in Oklahoma versus white people is like insane. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is another reason why stats don't always tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look a little bit further, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've seen, um the ways in which the judicial system especially here in oklahoma has been manipulated abused to oppress people um in jail out of jail like with fees and fines after you get out of jail Mm, with people refusing to hire ex-cons even Mm -hmm. though we're 
supposed to be the center of the Bible Belt. We're <laughs> supposed to be the faithful mm-hmm. and compassionate people of America. Mm. But so few people are willing to show grace and compassion. Wow. Um, so it's like people will get out of prison for um, most times like minor crimes like drug possession mm-hmm. um, and have no way to get back on their feet. They have no very few options for jobs, for living quarters, um, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, and that leads them back into a life of crime. And it's wow. not because they're bad people. It's because they have no other option to survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, so I guess my goal as like being a counselor is to like walk through life with these individuals to like, mm-hmm. uh, give them help they need because like prison, the prison system in Oklahoma is awful. Like the mm. things people experience and go through while in prison is something that is like life changing, something that will, uh, mess you up long term if mm-hmm. you don't like work through that with someone. Yeah. Um, so that's like my main goal, what my heart for it is Mm -hmm. for sure. Wow. And that's, that's amazing. That's honestly amazing. And I know that a lot of, um, there's a lot of money in the prison system from different businesses that, and, and from, you know, places that we consume every single day, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of that, a lot of the money that they have or the lot of money that we give them goes into the prison system and they make, you know, the, you know, the stuff that in the products and technology and all the different things that they use places like Walmart, AT&T and, you know, so on and so forth, all go into the prison system. So there's a, there's a business in the prison system that, you know, these companies are making a lot of money off of the prison system. So, which increases, you know, the, the issue even more because yeah. now there's money, because whenever there's money involved like that, you know, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Wow. So for you on a positive note, (laughs) it's it's very, it's it's heavy, but I I appreciate you for, for, for taking the time with me on a, on a lighter note. What, um, how has, um, how has black culture impacted you as a creative, as an artist, as a person? Um, you know, give me some people that you're inspired by you know, that, that you, that are, you know, that are black, you know? Um, I, my friends make fun of me, but like Al Green is my, Oh, come on. Absolute favorite artist. Like, there you go. So like musically, like Al Green, Stevie wonder. Yeah. Um, like there's so many artists that have just impacted me musically impacted, Mm -hmm. like the sound I want to be able to have, Mm -hmm. um, also, like, R&B artists, like, Sir, mm-hmm. Daniel Caesar, like, just incredible, incredibly gifted people mm-hmm. uh, just have, like, impacted me and had such a, like, positive impact on, like, how I've grown as, like, a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, outside of music, like, I... It's Black History Month right now, and mm-hmm. our Black Student Society goes like crazy for it every year and they like <laughs> they, they do such a good job yeah One of my best friends is like the president and she like she's such a caring heart such like mm-hmm. a passion for this and she does an incredible job of just showing 
the culture and sharing the culture and being like, mm-hmm. this is like, this is our history. Like this is mm-hmm. what we have experienced, what we've gone through and we want to like educate and uh, share this with you. So yeah. yeah, it was Monday night of this week. We had this thing called poetry night where mm-hmm. just an open mic night, people could sign up to do songs, poetry, spoken word, rap, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. easily one of the best events of the year. Like, Wow. Overall. And it's just this like incredible mix of like culture of people sharing like their gifts, their talents, their passions, and Mm -hmm. just like coming forward and uh, sharing that with the student body. Yeah. That's amazing. That's honestly amazing. I I think like, you know, what, and I actually saw a a list of the, the genres of music that have been impacted by you know black african americans or we even invented by african americans and it's just it's no competition oh, it's no, just no. it's 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 insane and there's stuff in there that i didn't even know that we contributed to and i think that you know just from insight not saying that this is fact but i but i do think that it's something it has to do with the amount of trauma that we have been through as a community the amount and as a as a, as a race of people and what we have endured in this country that there is, there's a weird connection between, you know, you know, um, tension and creativity. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a connection between trauma and creativity, that there's a lot of things that get birthed out of trauma. And, you know, like, you know, for us, you know, we're both you know, Christians. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the crushing of the olive that produces, you know, the anointing, you know, yeah. and, and in that way, it is like that where, you know, you know, regardless of your faith and what you believe, I do think that, you know, just human trauma, just a human experience produces it's stuff that, it produces stuff that comes out of us that we have no, we can't even fathom what it's going to do and what it can bring. And, you know, when I've talked to people, you know, about these issues, I've talked to people about you know, what's been going on in our country. And, you know, I hear people say it's getting worse, it's getting bad. You know, and I, I don't believe that. I believe that it's, it's, it's being uprooted and it's mm-hmm. being pressed so much that we have to deal with it, you know, regardless of whoever's in office. So, you know, I, I, I marvel at who we are as people because it's, 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 you know, it's the hand of God, it's the grace of God on our lives, but it's not, but it's not something that we've kept for ourselves. We've given it to so many people and we've, when we shared it, shared the wealth, we've shared the, the knowledge and we've shared the inspiration with so many people. The fact that you tell me that you love Stevie Wonder and Al Green, that's amazing because I love Stevie Wonder and Al Green too, you know, like, and, and, the, and there's so many people who are non-Black who have been impacted and have been, you know, inspired by the Black community. But, but it, you know, for us, I'm looking at it now, Black History Month is not something for me to just hold on to and make it a whole thing for, you know, it's us against them. It's, it's, it's for all of us because I've read, I read a quote where it said, without Black history, there would be no human history, you know? So for you, I'll end with this. For you, what does Black history mean to you? Which is a weird question to ask because you're not you're not Black, but it's 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 for all of us. It's not something that we just we make it about us. It, we make it about because we didn't we didn't hold on to our our creativity. We didn't hold on to our ideas and our information we've given to the world. So for you, what what does Black history mean to you? Um. So I, I can't remember his name right now, but, um, have you heard of like uncomfortable conversations with a black man? Yes. Um, Emmanuel Acho. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. I I saw a video that he posted yesterday or the day before on Black History. Mm. And one of the things he said that really like stuck with me was like, this isn't just like Black History. This is like all of our history. Yeah. You just put the name of it because it's been ignored for Mm. so long. Yeah. So to me, like Black History Month is the history that we never learned about in in school that the textbooks refused to write about. So Mm -hmm. this isn't just like this um, history of like my brothers and sisters. This is like our history together. Um, And I've been like so educated. So I've learned so much from Black History Month. We have these things called ILOs Mm -hmm. on our campus, which is uh, intercultural learning opportunities. Wow. Amazing. Uh, And we've talked about like redlining, talked about white flight, um, stuff like that, that like we would never have discussed in history books, Mm -hmm. but things that are so essential to how our country got to where it is, how systemic racism has gotten like to the point that it's at and like just learning the full history to understand the current position that we're in. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Soul Look Podcast. You can go like and subscribe. It's on all streaming platforms. And make sure you go follow it at the Soul Look Podcast on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week.